welcome yeah. to another battle between myself, JK, and my co-host Adam. All right. The Neighbourhood Rewatch. We are fighting Sai and Sophie of Coastal News. Hello. You, hello. You know the score by now. You've listened to the other battles. You know what we do. We bring our best people. Sai and Sophie bring their best people. But what are we fighting about this time around? Best couples. Because this will be coming out on Valentine's Day. Before we start with the best couples, do you want to briefly talk about the scoreline? It is the Neighbourhood Rewatch 2, Coastal News 1. It was a whitewash, should we say, last time? Yeah, yeah. How has that affected your strategy coming to this one? We we actually felt like, because we won deaths and home and aways, what it's got going for it is sort of death and drama. So we felt like that was one of our, that was a stronger chance than some of the lighter categories. Therefore, our strategy now is fuck it. Nothing left to lose. That's when people are the most dangerous. I should be feeling confident coming into this after how the result went last time around. We've got a couple here that are fantastic. But as we'll, as we'll go along... I don't feel that confident. When you start digging into what they've done. So, question. So, is this the best couple because they are perfect together and romantic and are happily ever after and so on and so forth? Or are they a good couple because great entertainment, loads of crazy stories, what the fuck? Are are we going for that more than the other? Yeah, they've got to have overcome some some obstacles, right? Can't be too yeah. easy. I mean, most couples won't have done in a soap. Whatever. No, soap most is. most relationships in in a soap are they are up and down, aren't they? And they do have to go through adversities and you know drama. So I don't think you get many couples that don't that have it plain sailing and stay together. And the the fairy tale isn't a soap thing, is it? No. So no. I asked I asked him that as well. I said, are there any couples, probably for your soap as well, that stay a couple? and leave the soap happy and off into the sunset, or do they always stay around long enough for it to all go to shit? I, ca- I couldn't think of any where you go, oh, no, they rode off and that was that was lovely. Mm-hmm. There isn't many of them around. Um, there isn't many. The most recent one we had was Stiggy and Dean, wasn't it? They, they had a baby last year and left happily, yeah, as far as we they've, know. They've gone to WA. If you go to WA... You don't come back. You never come in. You know, you know you're not coming back. Everyone goes. If you go place to... to go to though, is that like not always, not always, but <laughs> if a character says, I've been given a job in WA, you know, I'm never seeing them again. That's the thing on Home and Away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um with Tori and Christian, they did. They got married. They've um I can think of Heath and Bianca, although when they were on the show were absolutely a, a massive train wreck, but including like sleeping with waitresses on stag do's and all sorts but um but they rode off and they, they did a, they did a spin-off but yeah as we do this losers go first so that is you two are up you're first up to bat right what about Vinny and leah then should we start with them yeah yeah the big guns <laughs> well i they're one of my faves i think that's why i've picked them um so uh, leah and Vinny were a couple in the early 2000s um but only for a few years so in the grand scheme of home and away which is a 35 year old show they're only together for a tiny proportion of the entire history of the show but people still talk about them people still you know if you said name your favorite couples of home and away ever these people usually make the list especially for people that have watched the show you know since the year dot 
so they're still really popular even though they haven't you know they weren't a couple for very long and they're not a couple on the show currently so how did they meet was it love at first sight no in a word <laughs> it was not um they actually played the episode where they met recently we read on um the my five app over christmas when we had the break for home and away they played the episode where Vinny and leah met and you saw that it wasn't love at first sight because she's hitchhiking she's run away from her fiance because she doesn't want to get married to him anymore she's hitchhiking on the side of the road and Vinny picks her up and uh, basically she's a bit like me she just talks non-stop at him and he's just like this girl is so annoying and she never shuts up he just found her really irritating to start with um but to cut a long story short eventually they did start dating um and they were such an odd couple i guess the pairing of them was was really odd uh, Vinny was already on the show so he was a really popular character he was always nominated, Ryan Quantin that played him, was always nominated for like most popular character, funniest character at the Inside Soap Awards and the Logies and those kind of things. So he was like the comic relief on the show because he could be a bit of a, a clown, to put it nicely, quite literally actually, because he was a children's entertainer for a while called Vin Vin the Clown. Um, so he was actually a clown. He was also a part-time stripper, which <laughs> provided some... <laughs> funny scenes when he was trying to woo Leah Remember and he was like well. doing his doing his stripper dance and that so was the clown first time he met yeah he had loads of jobs he was a bit of um lifeguard a wasn't he? he was the book lifeguard so he, he, never he, loads, he worked on. at Bonza Burger he worked at Bonza Burger he worked as uh mm -hmm. insurance agent I think at one point and then he was a stripper he was a children's entertainer he just did anything that would like earn money basically um and he was a bit of a quirky kind of goofball kind of guy wasn't he he always had a um, scheme, the, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. But the first time he met Leah's dad, he was stripping for her, wasn't he? Do you remember, do you remember that scene? And his, her dad walked in and you're like, oh my God, because her family's like traditional, respectable Greek family. This wasn't going to go down well with them, was it really? So it was it was hilarious. He was the comic relief. Um, and it took a while for her family to warm up to him, I guess, because of that, because they were so different, which I think was part of the reason why people like them so much, because they aren't they aren't the same and they come from different sort of backgrounds. Um, and I think there was always that underlying thing with Vinny about, am I good enough for her? Am I good enough for her family? Which always makes for a good, good entertainment with a relationship, doesn't it, really? Opposites attract. They do. And that's what makes it interesting, doesn't it? Because you don't want to see some, like, like a, you know, couple that's identical. It makes it more, like, dimension. There's more dimensions to it. It's more interesting to watch if they're a bit different, isn't it? So when he was a lifeguard, there was a an episode where Leah was helping him clear the beach and she stood on a needle. And it was fairly early in the relationship, I think. She stood on this needle and obviously they shit themselves because they think she's going to have contracted something nasty. Um, so she has to have tests run. And he's like, crapping himself so he basically proposes to her um and she says how about we wait three months i'll get my test results back and then you can ask me again um but in the meantime her fiance that she'd run away from and that's how she came into the bay he turned up and he tried to win her back so Vinny's then going through the self-doubt about whether she wants to be with this ted guy or whether she wants to be with him so when she gets it all clear for her results from the from the needle um he doesn't propose and then there the was this classic soap thing of will they ever get married because of all the miscommunication so but eventually it all gets cleared up Vinny decides to propose to Leah and what he does is he rents a plane you know with a banner out the back of the plane and it flies over the bay and it says marry me Leah so of course she accepts um he was, was paid by the letter yeah, yeah marry me Leah yeah <laughs> not will you marry me he was like 
sorry me. It's a statement, really, rather than a question, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it was, it was a nice scene. It was, you know, if you feel like the lovey-dovey stuff on the soap, it was memorable, memorable um, kind of proposal. The wedding, the wedding actually for a soap wedding, it it didn't it didn't go like that disastrously. It you know it wasn't a major hitch with the wedding. It is one of those legendary soap weddings that everyone still talks about because it was like my big fat Greek wedding with a Scottish twist because her family's Greek and his heritage is Scottish. So she was like in this huge sort of meringue dress and he's there in a kilt. Um, and the, the whole wedding um, sort of build up and the ceremony was was showing as glimpses of the Greek tradition. So the night before the wedding, you had the um, bridal parties doing this thing called turning the bed, which is supposed to help fertility or something, which works because not long after they get married, she gets pregnant quite quickly. So I think the turning the bed thing did actually work. Um, and then the ceremony, the wedding ceremony is like conducted in ancient Greek so I've never seen that on a soap or any program, actually. I've never seen that before. Um, and it, that was kind of interesting. But then you also saw, like, Mr. Stewart, who's a bit of a boomer, in the church just looking around, just going, I don't understand a flaming word of what's going on. So it's like you're laughing at that as well. Um, so if you like lovey-dovey weddings and babies and all that bollocks, then Vinnie and Leah are, are that couple. But actually, there's the stuff that they got involved with that I think is more interesting than than the lovey-dovey kind of stuff um because one of the things about Vinny was he was estranged from his dad and his dad was a bit of a crook he'd been done for tax evasion in the past and he turns up in the bay one day because he wasn't invited to the wedding or anything like that. his mum went but his dad wasn't invited and he turns up in the bay and he says he's dying and he says to Vinny I want to set you up with a business because I want to make amends for what I've done in the past and I want to be in your life before I die and Vinny eventually you know goes along with it and they set up this business. I think they're like buying um, like stock that hasn't sold from companies that have gone bankrupt or something. Um, basically, he takes all the money. His dad takes all the money and runs. And uh, Vinny gets slapped with a fraud investigation and ends up going, long story short, ends up going to prison for two years. Um, so obviously, the, then the big kind of relationship with Leah is in peril then because she's pregnant and he's... He's off to prison for two years. But then while he's in prison, Leah gets a phone call from the prison saying there's been a huge fire and he's died. So he's been killed off at this point. So that was really, really sad because obviously that was a, a popular couple. She's pregnant and now he's died in prison, which it wasn't his fault. It was his dad and everything else. So that was a bit of a drama. Yeah, but did then, die. Well, <laughs> no. Um. Okay. okay. <laughs> not, not that time. Not that time. So he died in this prison fire. But then two years later, um, she found out that actually he was in witness protection because he, when he was in prison, he'd got some information about this other group of people that were even worse than his dad. And he, for, you know, the exchange of him going into witness protection, he was going to sort of be a witness to them for, for, for their crimes. So he got this deal to go into witness protection. So this is two years after Leah thought that she was he was dead. And then she finds out that he's actually alive. And then she's got this horrible decision to make because she's got his child. And obviously she loved him once and was married to him and everything. But she's moved on now. She's got a whole new life with a new guy. And does she want to go and live in witness protection with Vinny? Or does she want to carry on living her life? Um, and eventually she decides that she's going to stick with you know the life that she's got. 
and doesn't uh, doesn't ever go off with him into witness protection. And then on the, I think as part of him going into witness protection, VJ, their son, turns three and has a birthday party at home. And then on during the birthday party, this huge person in a bear outfit turns up and he's entertaining all the children and stuff. Um, and Leah's like, I don't know, I didn't book this person. I don't know who, who this person is. But they they don't seem to, I guess, stranger danger wasn't a thing back then. They don't seem to really question this huge teddy bear that's turned up and nobody knows who they are and, and who booked them. Um, well, we knew someone who used to be a children's entertainer at some point. Did the bear start dripping? <laughs> I've been on that website. It is ridiculous. I know. It's just, it was bizarre. This definitely was so weird. But again, it's one of those things that people still talk about. So this bear turns up and he entertains all the kids. And then later on, this bear goes and Leah finds a note from the bear. Uh, and basically the bear was Vinny. Vinny was inside the costume the whole time. He just came to say goodbye. He wanted to see his kid for the first time because he'd never met him. Um, and then she gets this note and he says, you know, you've moved on. Get on with your life. Forget about me. So he goes off into witness protection. About eight or nine years later, we didn't need this storyline because Vinny's been gone for a long, long time. He's in witness protection. Eight or nine years later, this guy turns up to Leah's house and says, he's now actually dead. Your husband, Vinny, is now dead. He was in witness protection. He was working on my farm or something and he got killed in a like a machine, like a farming yeah, machine ridiculous. or something. Really weird. Yeah. And then she got to go and see his like unmarked grave and say goodbye to him and... It was over we didn't need that bit, did we? But it was Yeah, you kinda of got the bit of sweet ending beforehand, didn't you? you yeah. Didn't well, Teddy Bear, think, I mean, come on. That's Do you think he's actually dead though? I don't know. Yeah. I think I think he probably is in now. Nine years' time he might rock up. <laughs> I won't be surprised. They bring him back in another Just costume. Fucking ninja turtle or something, who knows? <laughs> yeah. If he's got if he's got a farmer accent, you know it's him. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, they were iconic. They're a big couple. Yeah. And you think people still people like him, people they they're one yeah. everyone's gonna go, Oh, oh yeah. Roots. You know, they like back to the Bay website, they do like um like forum polls and things like that, and they every year there's like most popular couples votes and they always make like at least top five, don't they? If not yeah. top three. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah. And Le Leah's yeah. kept his surname all these years. She's had multiple husbands since. All that have died, mm. she's the black widow. All her husbands died. It was the origin story of the Black Widow, wasn't he? Because he's yeah. the first husband that died. So all of her other um, husbands, everyone that she's married has died so far. And he was the first. Every time she's kept, she's kept his name all the way through. Yeah. Right, where do we go from there? Uh, <laughs> this one, for us, similar, not a happy ending, unfortunately. <laughs> a couple that could have gone off, they could have gone off into the sunset and had a wonderful life together, but they were brought back. This is very, very, very recent as well. This is I would have done one. this one last, and that is the difference between me and you, my friend. <laughs> Does this one involve a car and a cliff? Because it sounds familiar. There no. is a cliff. <laughs> there is a cliff. But it no, happened last no week. And this wonderful story oh. is still kind of happening now. But we think they are a very iconic couple, and that is David and Aaron. Aaron's already on the street with uh, his whole family. He's uh, out as gay. Uh, but David comes out. He's one of Paul Robinson's secret kids. He oh, yeah. is struggling with his sexuality. And he's being pressured by his great-grandmother, who's just like, why don't you just settle down with a nice girl? And this nice girl is called Amy. And on paper, these two are perfect for each other. But David knows that he, there's no spark there at all. But he pursues with this relationship because of his great-grandmother. Uh, his great-grandmother does, does die at some point as well. And he kind of 
he kind of carries on with this relationship as a as a mark of respect for her because that was one of her dying wishes. He plows on, but he can't he can't commit to Amy. He can't. She wants children, and he can't do it. He can't do it. David tells his his twin brother Leo uh, in quite a memorable scene. He's like, "I am gay," and Leo says, "Say it again." He goes, "I am gay," and then they have this big. It's a really it's it's a really really great scene. Uh, and he goes rushing to Aaron. To tell him that yeah, I've I've figured everything out. I I know what I am now. And Aaron's like, sorry, mate. There's there's someone in my bed right now. So David gets very hurt by that. Uh, takes that as a flat out rejection. They kind of work through that, and then David kind of tries again with Aaron. And Aaron's like, no, actually, I think you, you're still fairly new to this. I want you to go and figure out your sexuality further. Uh, which again, he takes as a rejection. And at this point, you're like, Jesus Christ, are these two actually ever going to get? Eventually, it happens. They. They can't deny their feelings, Aaron. Aaron is the one that starts to pursue David then. It's like, actually, I'm, I really like this guy. I really can't be without him. He's, he's perfect for me. And they start, at this point as well, they start talking about same-sex marriage because this, it was a referendum that was happening. And they start talking about the possibility of being a married couple together. They agree to get married. They become the first gay couple to marry on Australian TV, which is a big, big flagship moment. And it's, it's a great ceremony as well. It, uh, they, be, they then become fathers to Isla, uh, and then they form this kind of modern family unit with their surrogate mother. There is a little bit of uh, one of the kids gets kidnapped and sold, but we'll, we'll, we'll try to skip over that bit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what's, good, what's nice about these, I know a bit about them, is that they are a different representation of a gay couple on TV. Yeah. Gay representation on TV is often promiscuous, it's often, you know, a bit slutty and a bit sort of, but these, this is like a, a true love story, isn't it? And yeah, that representation on TV is probably why they're so popular. Yeah. And for, for, from pretty much start to finish, they've dealt with the, the storylines that have come out of this really, really well. They've done it in a really thoughtful, thoughtful way. Yeah. The show gets cancelled. They go oh, off they the don't. sunset. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the show gets cancelled. They go off and do you think, oh, brilliant. They're going to go and live their lives happily ever after. And then when the show comes back, they're not there. And you're like, okay, well, you know, they've just not brought the actors back. They're just living out, living their best lives, having a great life together, happily ever after. But no, they slowly get dragged by, back in. Like in The Godfather, just when they think they're out, they get, <laughs> they get dragged back in and they get dragged back into everybody else's fucking mess. It's none of their fault, any of this. But they get dragged into this and they end up back on the street. Uh, and you have a bit of a stressful time. And so they decide to go for a little getaway together. Whoa, 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 whoa. So that, this all sounds far too fucking serious. You are talking in a serious voice because some of the storyline is serious. And Sai <laughs> said, like, the gay couples are usually seen as being quite promiscuous. I don't want to get to the end of this story without the cock off that they had a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it's yeah, fucking yeah. Brilliant. True. So, True. They got the like tell you a spot on there. They haven't done them like this, but before like the end, the inevitable ending came. They did let them have a bit of fun for no real reason. It didn't fit in with anything else. But they said these two haven't had much fun for a bit. Should we let them have some fun before we kill one of them? 
So for no reason, in the middle of the day, in one episode, they challenge each other who can make the best cocktails and make it into a big competition, which is strip cocktails, where they go home in the middle of the afternoon, afternoon delight, start making some cocktails, but then also start getting naked for no real reason other than let's have a bit of fun before one of us dies. And it's so fun. It's it's really well done. Um, it just and, and I didn't since the return. I didn't really like one of them, David. I wasn't a big fan. He was very judgy and he kept being miserable. And I was like, I don't care. Um, they might as well kill him. So they they made you care. They somehow in the space of about two three weeks, maybe partly due to the cock off, but a few other things as well. You started to care about these characters, where I think that was so good. For someone who didn't watch a lot of their story myself, just because I wasn't watching the show at the time, they somehow turned it around, and it did show what a great couple they actually were, again, in just a short period of time, because they mm. were doing the, like, the, the serious stuff and everything, but it got a bit monotonous after a while. It showed mm. that they were both brilliant actors, first of all. The characters were really likeable characters, and it made what was to come, that everyone knew because of spoilers, uh, the, it made that 10 times worse or 10 times better, depending on which way you look at it, because all of a sudden, everyone cared about these characters again. They mm. remembered what they were like. Yeah. It wasn't just the, the less exciting or fun stuff. And they did everything they could. They were talking about how they're going to live their lives together for years in the future. They start talking about having another child. They're going to buy a house back together that they used to live in before the show got cancelled. And then it just made, it's still pretty raw, like last week, the ending for the couple, it just made it horrible. And and if you look on like the, the neighbor's socials and everything now, People are struggling. Proper, and I yeah. think, like, you don't get them every... Like, there's a lot of soap deaths, as we know. You don't get that every week. Like, mm -hmm. it takes one of those one of those special ones to make you go, oh, and this was one of those. It's brave for the show to do it with such a popular character as well, to give yeah. them an ending like that. Because if they don't... Obviously, you can do it for the spectacle and the investment of the audience, but then... Like that's a really brave thing to do because if they don't kill David, he will he would have come back. So because yeah. the temptation would have been too too great. So it's really brave to do that and then to put the audience through it. It must have been a difficult decision, knowing how popular they are. Yeah. Again, saying they didn't have to bring them back, but they they mm. chose to bring them back and tell their storyline anyway. Mm. And this will be a couple I think we'll talk about in a decade's time still. Yeah. I don't want to still be talking about neighbours in ten years, mate. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. I feel like I'll be done by then. I come, I'll give you one more. See if we can win the award a third time. But I don't, I'm not doing this for another ten years. You'll be watching over the way. I get a little bit closer to putting it on every week. It's not happened yet. No. Go on, do you want to tell them how right. David died and we all cried? Do you want to tell them that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We, we skipped over that bit again because it's still like, oh, so they're on a little weekend getaway. There's a couple of bad people after these people for different reasons uh and one of them is definitely not a good egg He's has a fight a with egg. with david uh david's brother twin brother leo they're scuffling over the top of a cliff and david sees this the hero straight away tackles him they both fall off a cliff fall mm -hmm. down leo aaron get down to david and eden the character and he's like Save Eden first. He's he needs to get hospital now. I'm fine. I've just broke my ankle. Don't worry. I'll be absolutely fine. Save him first. Get him to hospital. He needs it. 
So they get him off, get him in the car, get him off to hospital, come back. He's passed away. He, he knew that his injuries were bad and there was nothing he could do. So he saved someone else. The, the real gut punch is that Aaron's there. You know, he, he's on the slab. Dr. Carl's like, listen, we need to take him away to do an autopsy. And he's like, fine, okay. Gives him his stuff. There's a voice message on there. He's left him a voice message while he was dying, while he was saving Eden. You see Aaron listening to it and then it slowly cuts to David saying it. And yeah, real, real gut punch. I read something. Is it true the actor sort of fought for that scene? Yeah. Yes. I've heard that before about, I think it's John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Spoiler alert, if you've not seen that film from 1994. This is a segue. Sorry, sometimes I do this. So what they did with that, because his character in that was <laughs> such like a, a fan favourite kind of character and they thought, oh, people are going to love this guy because of all the dancing and how cool he was and everything like that. Spoiler alert, he, he dies. But because it's shot out of order, they put that bit where he's back to life at the end of the like because they thought, well, people love him so much, and it's and I, mm. like that's what it made me think of. Like Takaya, the, the actor, he was like, people care about this character. Pe- people yeah. might want to see him again one more time. Do yeah. the idea was we'll just play the voiceover and show all the sad clips and blah blah blah. But then they show him doing it. Mm takes it up like another level and you, you get to see him again and he kind yeah. of does the kind of wistful smile look like look after whoever and all that and it makes it it just makes it 10 times better because who doesn't want to see that person you care about one more time like whether it's real yeah. life or whether it's soap you know and then now we are in the midst of the fallout which is not a fun time to be watching neighbors i'm not gonna lie to you um, or really so that aftermath mm. of someone dying is always horrible on soaps. Is, mm. Do you feel that way in, in Home and Away? Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Especially if it's someone yeah. really popular. Yeah. Mm. And the incidental yeah. music that Aussie soaps have <laughs> doesn't help. <laughs> this is what I'm worried about, though. It's swine. I'm worried that a lot of these, this is supposed to be Valentine's Day and celebrating love and couples, and all these are going to end with death. <laughs> right. Shall I change it then? Shall I change yes, it? Three words. Age gap love. Who doesn't yes, like it? Yes, it's the JK story. He's so. almost on the register, but not quite. Let's go. <laughs> well, you'll like this guy. So, <laughs> these are really big home and away names. You should recognise at least one of them. Even you, Adam. <laughs> Marilyn. Marilyn Chambers. Yeah. She was last year's most popular female as voted for by coastal news listeners and you gave her the award yeah yeah what a ledge um and mr donald fisher aka flathead fisher i feel like fisher i know the word name fisher i feel like she's yeah. a big big family name in home yeah. so Cool. Do you remember mm. the, the old school principal, very strict? Yes, okay. um, very old. Um, so <laughs> he was the principal, the stone-faced principal of Summer Bay High back at the beginning, back in the early 90s, throughout the 90s. Um, he was the sort of patriarch of the Bay. All the kids that went to Summer Bay High you know, hated Flathead. He was the butt of every joke, very stern, a rule's a rule, you know, I'll speak to your parents, I'll get the um, education board onto this. He was, you know, always in a crisp suit, very prim and proper, 
and never never got involved with anything any of the larkins of the bay you know you'd never see him going for a surf you know he'd be coffee at the diner and straight back home to his very civilized a very big house lovely set his house was one of my favorites but he was always lonely because no you know those kind of people i never never have many people around them in life you know that lots of people keep away from them because they're no fun right apart from marilyn one day who is many years his junior and Marilyn is very, we're talking about opposites attract. She's very, very young. She came to the show in 91, uh, sorry, 1990, after it had been on air for a year or two. And she was 19 years old and she was very, very ditzy, blonde, high heels. She'd walks on the beach in her heels, like always done, makeup, hairspray, big hair, like uh, what was endearing about her? She used to get all the words mixed up. You know, and like everyone said she was stupid. Oh, dumb Marilyn, very stupid Marilyn. But there was, she was one of those layered characters. There was a lot more to her. She had a lot to give, a lot of love to give. Um, and she dated some of the some of the other like-minded characters. Her very famous um, coupling of hers was with Lance, and he was a bit of a simpleton. And they they were dating for a while. You know, the two simpletons are out of town. And she finds herself a couple of years down the line, sort of on her own. She's sort of at a loose end and she says, do you know what? I'm fed up of people thinking I'm so stupid. I am going to go back to school and I'm going to get my HSE, age 27. So she goes, she enrolls at Summer Bay High, just because apparently you can do that. You can just enroll at high school any age. Yeah. Um, and she's 27 years old. She's a mature student and she's tottering around Summer Bay High with a handbag and whatnot and a fluffy pen, um, all done up. And that puts her more in touch with Donald um, Flathead Fisher. So they end up spending lots more time together because he agrees to sort of help her with this HSC. She's going to need a lot of help. <laughs> a lot of people are her age or ahead I of her. I <laughs> and eventually they start, um, you know, developing feelings for each other. And this is very taboo. This is 1994 or something very taboo. You know, what would Celia say? <laughs> you know, that kind of order. And so it's a bit of bit hush-hush at the beginning. And more and more people start finding out. And eventually their courtship ends up being quite defiant. Like she, she, they, they, they sort of come out to the to the bay, and and the uh, and they sort of just decide. Look, he was fifty one at the time, she's twenty seven, and we're in love, and no one can stop us. And um, he has a lot of doubts, and he consults a lot of the older characters about it, Alf and whatnot, and they're all saying, "Give over." And this was back in the day when Home and Away used to be really trippy and the camera angle. They do steady cam now and multi-cam. Home and Away back in the 90s was all like wobbly cameras and everything used to turn all the time. Um, <laughs> and you'd have like Alf going shh to camera and things like that. You don't get yeah. that nowadays. Um, so there was a lot of that, which was always good fun. Um, people telling her off, saying what you're doing, what you're playing at is double your age, give over. But ultimately... <laughs> He proposes, he says, do you know what? They break up and he says, I miss her. You know, she brings joy to my life. 
And I think what made you invest in them, she softened him, you know, and, and his mm-hmm. character went on this sort of journey where he ended up the character we, we when he left and retired from the, from the high school and left the Bay for retirement, he was a nice, warm character, not the same guy that arrived um, at the beginning of the show. So, um, I mean, one really famous scene was in 2000. He, uh, you know, the Sydney Olympics, too. Well, the torch came to Summer Bay. The real, the real Olympic torch came to Summer Bay. But one of the students, because he's a bit of a, you know, it's, it's flattered fisher, swapped the torch for a fake one. And he, and, and he was very proud, Mr. But he was the one that was leading the torch through the bay. But it wasn't the real torch. But Alf cottoned on and chases him. With the he's going, Don, it's the wrong flame in flame. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, um, so iconic scene of home in a way that. So um yeah, he he softened and he, he he integrated more and was a bit more fun towards the end. They get married in ninety-six and quickly they end up having a baby because you know, clock's ticking. There's lots of conversation. Marilyn wants a family. He's already in his 50s. And she's, and she's all like, oh, you know, Donald, you know, when when you're 70, you know, our child will only be in high school. <laughs> you know, she was, she, she never thought before she spoke, you know, and she used to really make him quite self-conscious. Is it, I remember a scene um, and she's like, they're, they're talking about getting married and she's like, oh, this time next week, I'm going to be Mrs. Marilyn Fisher. It's not the first time you've been Mr. Fisher, is it? And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you've been married before. Like, she just doesn't think, you know, she's <laughs> real, you know, one of those shoot, shoot and think later kind of gals. So they get married. She gifts you falls pregnant. They have their baby, Byron. However, the wheels start coming off for Marilyn here. Everyone's started to accept them by this point. The Bay have sort of accepted that, you know, this, this, they, they sort of worked in a weird way even though it was really a big age gap. Um, And Marilyn suffered quite bad with postnatal depression. She had to leave the bay for a while. She couldn't even be with baby. Um, And and Don, in turn, he he struggled. He was an elderly gentleman (laughs) Uh, with a a newborn, you know. Um, He he struggled for a while. And she comes back and, you know, and they're struggling. They're starting to get in the way of their relationship. And what eventually does sort of it, it splits them but also makes you the audience invest in them even more is that byron is suddenly dies he has an aggressive cancer this affects marilyn the character we have in the show today because this is a this changed her life and the marilyn we have today is is, is miles different because of this event and she ends up having to leave the bay. She, she leaves the bay completely. She moves overseas to the UK, actually. The actress went to Emmerdale for 10 years, but yeah. Um, she goes to the UK. She can't be in the bay. She can't be around Don. Everything reminds her of this heartbreak, this thing that's changed her life. She cannot, she just can't face it anymore. And she, and she leaves and Don is heartbroken by this. He's, again, we see his softer side because of the, through this heartbreak. And he's, and he writes a book about Byron, a letter to Byron, it's called. And he he gets with some of the students at the school, you know, Haley it was who illustrated the book in art class and things like that. And and they embark on this book. He gets a publisher, so there's another new character. 
and he gets he he backs on this worldwide tour of this book really in memory of Byron because he you know, he feels like he he wants people to the world to know that that on his book launch in London so we go to London we have some London episodes here and it was about 2000 Ooh. was it this was when Home and Away was stolen off ITV by Channel Five so there was there was a there was a big gap. We had a year of no home and away because ITV had some weird contract. So and it comes back and they're, they're they're launching it with like London episodes, you know, like filmed in the UK, get the show back up and running, sort of thing. And and Atomic Kitten were in this episode. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> were they looking for directions or something? I can't remember. These are some of my yeah. favourite episodes ever. And he's there. He's in central London. He's launching this book. And Marilyn's got wind that he's in the country and she's lurking in the in big glasses and loads of hairspray. And she's thinking she's like, you know, um, it camouflaged and, and blended in, but she's really sticking out like a stuff. And he spots her. I think he's on an open top bus first and he spots her wandering around West End or something. And then he chases her through. He's shouting, Marilyn, Marilyn. And he chases her through all the people and the traffic of London. He chases her through an underground and they end up on opposite platforms um, and in this underground station and there's trains going between them and they're shouting over like, I love you, you know, I've been wanting to see you. And she's like, I can't do it, Donald, I can't do it. Da, 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 da. You know, across these trains passing by and all the rest of it. And a train goes past, it stops. And when it's gone, so is she. And um, he's like, oh, I'll never see her, never see her again. So he spends the next few days in London sort of trying to track her down, trying to find a number where she's been. And eventually she agrees to meet him and they have this walk through the park and he finds out that she's happy, that she's made her life in London and that she, she's she been nannying and, 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 and they both have a good talk about their relationship and agree. They agree at that point to divorce, but it's a really nice way to agree to divorce like it's such a loving end to what was like 10 years of like drama and ups and downs um that it just warmed your heart oh we're divorcing oh that's nice it was really it was a really nice end and he goes back off to australia with a nice happy divorce yeah so not a death but still not like Happy ever after, but a nice divorce. All good things come to an end. And they're both still alive on the show, as far as we know, because we know Donald's still alive on the show, isn't he? I think. Yeah, he he went to Western Australia and retired. So obviously, yeah, he's gone he did. He did come, he back, come back to the first special episode, didn't he? What was it? Was it Alf's something or other? Alf's sixtieth. Was it two thousand seven-ish? Yes. Alf had a sixtieth birthday, so they brought loads of old characters back, and he came back. He actually came back as deputy of the school, which Sally. Mm. Was that was now at that point was head teacher. He said, "I can't do this. I can't. I can't handle these kids. They're, they're feral." So he goes again. So yeah. So yeah. So he comes and, and Marilyn's back full time. She's been back since like two thousand and ten. She came back to the bay. That was an interesting return. She would, and she yeah, was she, nannying Ed Sheeran in London. Ed Sheeran <laughs> came to the bay, and turned out when she was in London, she was Ed Sheeran's nanny, her little teddy. She had no idea he was a megastar. But yeah, iconic couple. Age gap love. What are your thoughts on a big age gap, just in general? Like, I don't know what's what's big. <laughs> I feel I feel like anything more than ten is big, right? It depends how old you are when the relationship starts. If you're sixteen and the person that you're going out with is much older than you, then obviously that's iffy. But if it's like a, a twenty-five year old and a thirty-five year old, I don't see the difference really. You don't change that much 
as you get older, do you? I think you change the most when you're a teenager till the point where you're like mid twenties, I guess. I think you're right. Do you think it helps if like the older party still acts like a fucking twelve year old? Reckon that's like part. That helps. That makes... Yeah, that probably yeah. That brings everything a little bit closer, doesn't it? Really, I suppose. Yeah, because yeah. well, I'd be thinking, what on earth do I talk to an eighteen year old about? Yeah, if, if you're still like, if you still really like Sonic the Hedgehog, it's probably fine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This feels but, personal now. What about this darts player at the moment, aren't they? About him being, he's, he's 16, yeah. he looks 30, and she's 21, and everyone's going, it's gross, she's a paedophile. And, and I'm like, oh, it is weird when someone's still at school and can't drink yet, and they're going out with an adult. I still think that's a bit. Even though it's legal, I think it's still a bit dodgy. Yeah, yeah but he's not great. getting any D anywhere, though. There's no mm. pub that's hiding in him. <laughs> no, he looks 30. He just looks... Yeah. I was like, he's not 16. Like, that's ridiculous. That that belly has had some pints in it already. <laughs> I think it depends I'm... how old you are. How, what, what age you are when the gap starts, I think, is... Like, I think if, you, if you're 40 and they're 60, I don't see the difference, really, between... Old old. Oh, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if you go out with someone who's 60? Yeah, if I fancied them, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't put, their age wouldn't put me off. Yeah, is that weird? I don't no, think it's I, I don't want, I don't want a, a punchline to that or anything. I just was wondering, no. <laughs> I think I'd draw the line at my dad's age, you know what I mean? You have to stop somewhere. I think that would be too old. Yeah, but... you have to stop somewhere. <laughs> there you go. She does have limits, everyone. You have to stop somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Go out with someone 10 years older or 10 years younger than you, Si. Which one, if you had to pick one? Older. Mm-hmm. Just because they'd be an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I'd, they'd do me edit. I'd feel like you'd have to father them, wouldn't you? Okay. No, I want to be looked after. Okay. No, <laughs> we all do. Well, then, Adam, what's your opinion? Tell us. I feel like, that's why I said to begin with, I feel like 10 either way is absolute max. But, like, I, I, I think that's a pretty... If you're in those kind of parameters, I think you're, mm. you're going to be quite similar. You're going to be into the same sort of things. Yeah. If I went out with someone so far younger than me, they might want to go out all the time. I don't want to go out and talk to people. Fuck yeah. that. And then if you're, like, the two old, they might never want to leave their house at all. And I'm like, come on, we need some fresh air. There's got to, like, And I don't want to be, like, changing people's, like, bags that they have to piss in and stuff. I don't want to do that. I think it depends on the personality, though. If you you could get a sixty-year-old that acts like a forty-year-old, and you get a forty-year-old that acts like a sixty-year-old, that doesn't, you know what I mean? I think it's all about what's wrong with them. If they're not acting more or less their age, if you're sixty and you're acting forty, you need to take a fucking look at yourself. I'm like, no, no. Some people are just young at heart. You can go to brunch and that's it. Stop being fucking zany. No, you're sixty. Have a a cup of tea and sit down. Do you think that you should just go, like go in a retirement home when you're over fifty? Then is that no, it's like game 50. over? No, not over fifty, but like, come on, like have a bit of respect for yourself. I think age is just a number, and it's how you feel, isn't it? I, well, I you just... know, sometimes see people like I say people, ladies about sixty, dressing like the thirty, and you just think, oh, come on. I just think sometimes you've got to let it go. Age. They don't care anymore. They don't care what you think because so, they're sixty. I don't know who cares what I think. But like then you, you see like Carol Vorderman. I'm using Carol Vorderman as an example. I don't know how old she is, mm. probably sixty, right? Mm. Carol Vorderman's gotta be about what? sixty. I think she might be pushing seventy now. Oh, maybe she's pushing pushing seventy. Like she had a lot of work done, she looks okay with it. Well played. But just like no, if you wanna like at the moment she's doing all the political stuff. 
do that and do do all your things, but you don't need to be showing me your ass workout on Instagram at the same time. Yeah, but it's Come a good on. ass that. It's fucking cracking, Si, I agree with you. But how many <laughs> pairs of leather pants has she got? <laughs> I've, only, I've only got two pairs, one for the week, one for the weekend. She's got all the colours of the rainbow. She's wearing them every day. Come oh. on, she wear them lying around she, the house. That's like she's your style icon, to be fair. Like, I would, if, if, like, did you see that she's going out with about seven different people? I yeah, she, yeah like, she doesn't seven. do really... Yeah, yeah, she has a few on the go. She's quite open about it, isn't she? Don't get me wrong. If she, if she, if, if uh, there was a, a job opening, I'd probably give it a go. <laughs> for that. It's not. I wouldn't go out looking for it. She'd have to. She'd have to phone you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe she listens to the pod. So you never know. She might slide into your DMs after this. You don't She's know. More than welcome, but I will say, like, like if she were, like, I don't want to go out all the time with Carol Boardman. Let's have a cozy night in or something. See, that's middle-aged. I, I I am old. I feel old. Also, we're doing this on a Wednesday. I feel even older today. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, 10 either, 10 either way, I think, is enough. Um, any more than that, and somebody's kidding themselves. I think the punchline we're missing here is that my wife is 15 years younger than me. Yeah! <laughs> oh, dear. Speaking yeah. of... Uh, fantastic bottom. <laughs> David, Aaron and David again. <laughs> they have both got, did you see that picture of them both with their asses out? No, but... Um, it's no, but yeah, it's We're going to talk about iconic couple Scott and Charlene. Kylie and Jason. Kylie's probably got... She's got the most famous bum in the world, right? You'd them say. hot pants. Gold hot pants. Yeah, yep. hot pants. I, I can see that with the garden. Just looking up going... Bums, famous bums. <laughs> <Googling it. laughs> All the day, famous bums going past his eyes. Because like, you, you are the master of the bold statement, you'll, you'll say that's the greatest bum of all time. I, I usually can't wait to prove you wrong when you say a bold statement like that. And I think, to be fair to you, I don't like you, you'd have it up there, wouldn't you, as a top bum? Sophie, no, come on. you got to let some of them go. Uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I think you got to put her at the top. I think Carol has won it, like the UK best bum or something award a few times, but Kylie's top bum, surely. So Scott and Charlene, we all know the wedding, but what happened before we get to the wedding? Uh, wayward teen Charlene shows up to see her mum, Madge, uh, but no one's home, so she breaks through the window. And Scott Robinson is watching this across the street thinking, shit, someone's breaking into Madge's house over there. I better go sort this out. So he goes over to confront her. She twats him one in the face. Uh, that is straight away a couple that is not getting along. Uh, however, they do remember that they did used to fancy each other when they were kids. So that starts to then percolate and be, and become... They, there's almost this Romeo and Juliet thing because the Ramses and the Robinson families, are the, they're the two original families on the street. It is called Ramsey Street because they got, they beat, they, they got mm. that honour over the Robinson family. So there's a big family feud going on. And these two want to have a relationship, but they know nobody is going to approve. Selected members of family. Uh, and it seems to be going really well. The, the family members they've picked are uh, accepting of this and, and willing to, to let these two explore their romance. Uh, however, a big spanner is thrown in the works when Scott and Charlene book a hotel room for a dirty weekend. Uh, but Char <laughs> yeah, Charlene can't go through with it because she admits to Scott that she's not a virgin. That Different before she came. Different times, 
yeah before she came to ramsey street she'd actually got pregnant with with a, a long-term boyfriend uh but no, chose not to keep the baby uh so scott is pretty heartbroken by this she gets on his good side again when she him and Mike, also Mike Young, uh, also known as Guy Pierce, Pierce uh, want to start a band together, and they need someone to do backing vocals and shout. He's like, I can sing a bit. Whoa. I'm also really good at dancing. Does backing <laughs> vocals, worms away back into the heart until the record producer goes, Wait a minute, you might have, have a decent solo career here. Fuck off, fuck off, Mike Young and Scott Robinson. Let's just have you on a solo contract. But she turns it down for love. They decide the only way to prove how serious they are about each other is to get married and prove their commitment to each other but just before just after the fairy tale wedding which we, we've all seen they play angry anderson it's great kylie looks fantastic they, they start sitting down to the reality of of living together and being a married couple while a very young married couple as well scott decides he wants to go back to school so he starts getting tutored off playing jane and while he's getting tutoring, they have a little kiss. Charlene, however, is starting to have feelings for a driving instructor because she's not, even though she loves things from cars, she's not actually learned how to drive. So she has a little kiss. Seems unlikely, if I'm being honest. <laughs> a mechanic who can't drive. <laughs> so they, they start having some marital problems. And the conclusion that they come to is that maybe it's Ramsey Street. Which not enough people do, I don't think, in Neighbours. Not a lot enough people go, this street is fucking mental. Let's get the fuck out of here. Full of shitbag. Let's move. Yeah. Yeah. Look at mm. everywhere we look. Shitbags. Yeah. So they decide to move away. Charlene goes off to Brisbane first, but Scott has to stay behind because he wants to be a journalist and he has to finish his journalism course. Waves are off. Tearful goodbye. And he's worried the whole time that Kylie might go off with somebody else. Uh, however, when he does leave, he finishes his course, he gets there. Charlene has got some great news for him. She's pregnant with their first child. And I think this is the closest we're getting to a happy ending. They came back for the, the last epi- ever episode that wasn't the last ever episode in the end. They, did. they came back for that, didn't they? Yeah. They did. And it made it was made no sense. It was fine. Oh, no. It was stupid. Come on. No, you got to bring them back, though. It's Kylie and Jason, so you bring them back. You let them be in the last episode. <laughs> Everyone popped for it. It was crap. Yeah, but... If you look back at it, it's crap. But they came back. Everyone cheered. Everyone was happy to see him. Iconic. Like, everyone knows Scott and Charlene. You don't have to watch either of our soaps or even yeah. the television to know who Kylie and Jason, Scott and Charlene are. Massive. The problem is, you've been, like, the show came back. I bet she's been a right prick. Even giving up, yeah. She, I think, I think privately, she's quite angry about that. Yeah, Jason Donovan's come out and said, like, I'm not fucking going back again. They yeah, can fuck what off. a joke. Yeah, <laughs> I think he will if they offer him not Kylie, if they offer Jason any money whatsoever, then you he are? will be Cause... there again. Right, here's with your next one, you two. So I'm doing Flynn and Sally, aren't I? So Sally, if you don't know who Sally is, then where have you been, really? She's the OG golden child of the show um she's been in it well she when she was in it she was in it from the beginning since the first episode um and flynn joined much much later so flynn joined in 2001 he was introduced as a counselor he was working at the drop-in center which we miss if anyone's listening any any writers are listening we miss the drop-in center yeah uh, he was also trained as a doctor. Flynn was basically really interested in Sally pretty quickly. Sally went out with all the hot men of the Bay. I don't know what, whether she had it in her contract or what. Although but she Heath just... Ledger took a virginity. Heath Ledger. 
yeah wow. and she went out with Vinny, and yeah she went out with everybody right. so flynn joined the show and yeah he was really interested in dating sally she was a bit clueless i think there was like a miscommunication she thought he was interested in some other woman and he wasn't as interested in her um and there was like to and froing between will they won't they ever get this thing together and eventually they kissed and decided they'd go on a date but then in a true soap fashion, things kept happening. This date never happened because somebody needed help at the drop-in centre or she needed to do something at the school where she worked. You know, it just there was just something always coming up where they didn't, this date never went ahead. But eventually they did go on a date and that started off to be a bit of a disaster as well because he'd planned a romantic picnic at the bottom of a cliff like you do. Um, and she turned up in a dress, which was not appropriate uh, attire for abseiling down a cliff in. Um, so it started off a bit jarring because then you start to think, are these even compatible people here? Uh, he wants to go abseiling down the cliff and she's in a dress, you know, in heels and that kind of thing. And you start to think, oh, maybe this isn't a good idea. But he lends us some overalls or something out the back of his ute and they end up abseiling down this cliff. And actually the date turns into less of a disaster at this point. Um, but during their relationship i guess they had a lot of ups and downs which we talked about earlier you know some of the best couples it's not all a fairy tale especially not in a soap you go through a lot of shit <laughs> basically don't you so um there was a party boat for flynn's 30th birthday that sank and sally went missing for a few days that's one of the things that happened to them obviously sally was kidnapped by the summer Bay stalker we talked about on the villains episode that we did with you guys recently um there was also a storyline where flynn was in some financial difficulty and he needed some extra money so he decided to do some nude modeling um and because he was a counselor counseling children that all got blown up into a big storyline big drama because they were like he's a pedophile he shouldn't be around <laughs> children i don't know where they got the nude modeling pedophile thing from but they you know they come to conclusions uh he shouldn't be around children and there was a big thing about who are about that as well so it never runs smoothly um and talking about not running smoothly one of the big storylines for them was when sally got cancer and as part of her her sort of recovery and her treatment she had to have a, a hysterectomy uh, which means obviously she can't have children and that was a big deal for their relationship and she basically broke up with him pushed him away and said no you should be with someone that can give you a family and he was saying i, I want to be with you i don't care you know I want, I want you i don't care about having children that went on for for a long long time but eventually they found each other you know found the way back to each other he'd managed to reassure that he you know he was happy with her whatever happened he didn't he didn't care he just want, wanted to be with her um but then they did look into surrogacy so when she had a hysterectomy she had some of her eggs saved and the first person they went to to ask about having a child was actually her foster sister, Sophie, who you guys know as, is it Therese or Therese? Therese. Therese. Yeah. 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 So she's she was her, Sally's foster sister. She was Sophie in the show. So they went to her first and said, will you be our surrogate? And she agreed. Um, she got pregnant, um, but then found out she was having twins. And in true sort of summer bay magic, she was having twins, but only one baby was Sally and Flynn's, and the other baby was hers and her partner Blake's. I think there's a story. 
going on like this in Hollyoaks at the moment. I think there's a Hollyoaks twin thing with different dads going on. So really weird. So the procedure was was successful. She's having these twins. So you think this is all great. You know, they're very happy. They're having the, the, the kid that they thought they would never have. But unfortunately, the happiness didn't last very long because Sophie collapsed and had a miscarriage and lost one of the babies. So you can guess which baby she lost. So unfortunately, it was... Sally and Flynn's baby that actually died sadly um and that knocked Sally for a, a long long time um but eventually I think Flynn decided that they'd get married so he surprised her by writing will you marry me Sally on the blackboard of her classroom she was a school teacher so he wrote that on the blackboard of her classroom um and then she walked in and saw it and then he's there to propose and all the schools there aren't they well 15 of them that were in the cast in the school at the time were there to watch this and it was quite a nice nice proposal and it's something that was come out of this sadness because we had this horrible storyline with this baby you know losing the baby for a while um so they planned the wedding the wedding planning went okay um but the hen party was a bit chaotic because there was like um i think there was like strippers at the hen party that leah had organized and it all got a bit too much for sophie she ended up going into into labor um at the hen party and then they had to call the stag party to get them to come and help them get sophie to hospital so there was more abseiling down i noticed i'm talking about cliffs a lot so i hope i'm not tr triggering any neighbors fans we're talking about cliffs yeah. after last week but he ended up abseiling down the cliff to come and um deliver the baby sophie's baby with her partner blake's so obviously the other baby didn't make it um and then the actual wedding well it was a bit of a disaster wasn't it stuff to be honest and again it's one of those iconic weddings they play it every christmas on my five so that we can go back and watch it. um so sally's in the back of this carriage being pulled along by a horse and leah's in the back of the carriage and the horse basically bolts um and they end up having to um like walk for miles and miles through this muddy outback aren't they to where the wedding is and sally's absolutely covered in mud they're arguing about which way is the wedding which way they should be going um and i think sally falls over eventually and then she gets even more covered in mud and her wedding dress is ruined um and flynn's standing at the altar and he's thinking she's not coming up you know she's not she's not going to make it and all the guests start to leave because they think this wedding's not happening and he's refusing to leave. He, he's still waiting. And then hours and hours later, um, I think Scott found them on, he was on his wagon and he found them and rescued them and took them to the to the wedding. Um, but at this point, it all started to pour with rain. So you think the wedding's back on, but then the heavens open and they just got absolutely soaked. So they give up again on the wedding and they actually decide to go to a new venue for the wedding, uh, which is the hospital. So because Sophie's in hospital having had her baby, they end up actually getting married in dressing gowns uh, with Donald Flathead Fisher doing the, the ceremony um, in front of their friends and family. So it was one of those super weird weddings that people talk about still. Um, I'm just thinking what else to tell you. Oh, yeah. So she had the so she had the failed surrogacy with Sophie, but then she had another egg um so she asked leah her best friend to be her surrogate um and there was lots and lots of baby drama involved with that storyline which i won't bore you with um and eventually they had their baby and they named her pippa after sally's foster mum who was uh, pippa the original uh, family on the show the fletchers she was the mum in that um so they named her so all was well they had their baby um they were married they were happy did they live happily ever after, though? Yes. No. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't want to hear anything else. Well, mm, 
they didn't live happily ever after. So um, Flynn was, although he was a counsellor on the show, he was also a trained doctor. And they, him and Sally also fostered kids. They had the big house, the big Silver Bay house, and they fostered children on the show as well as having their own child, Pippa. And I think one of the children, Matilda, had got sunburn. Um, and then it prompted Flynn to do this talk at school with one of his colleague doctors about how to spot skin cancer and how to be you know, sun safe and make sure that you use sun cream and all of that sort of stuff. And during th this whole storyline, Flynn actually found that one of his moles needed to be looked at. Um, and he had a, a biopsy and it turned out to be cancer. He had skin cancer. And there was, to cut a long story short, there was nothing that they could do. He was, you know, he was terminal and he was dying. Um, and I think one of the saddest episodes that people still talk about on the show was when Flynn uh, actually died and he... He said goodbye to his family and friends at home. And then in the bedroom with Sally, they did this like last dance to their wedding song, stayed up all night talking and then held each other as the sun was coming up and they just, just died in his own bed. So it was, it was very, very sad. Um, Do not stand at think... my grave and cry. I am not weak. <laughs> his funeral was, was super sad. Wasn't yeah. it? it was really, yeah. really sad. But I think what's interesting about this this coupling is that they were both really popular, and actually, unusually, because Flynn halfway through the story, these storylines that I've been telling you about, they swapped the actor out, didn't they? So there was a different mm -hmm. actor that played in in the beginning, and then they swapped. And when they went off to get the um, the surrogacy procedure with Sophie the first time, they went off to the city. And then when they came back, Flynn had got a head transplant. He was a completely different person. <laughs> and it was so weird. And, like, it took you ages to go, like... One episode to the next. <laughs> That's Flynn? Like, and the first guy had, like, long, longish hair, didn't he? And he looked a bit sort of surferish and, like, very outdoorsy. And then the Flynn that replaced him was, like, very short hair, very sort of serious looking. And it was like, oh, this is, this is weird. This is not... They didn't even try to make them look, you know, similar. It was super weird, but we got over it pretty quickly. And actually, mm. I think we just, he was Flynn, wasn't he? After all, he just forgot that. And then the, yeah. the Flynn that he, he came to be, and that's the Flynn that died, and everybody absolutely loved him. But we both, we love both versions of Flynn, which I think is quite unusual, because normally when they do a head transplant, you can't ever get used to it. And you just see that person, you go, that's not, that's not them. That's just weird. It's not not who they are because we had a um, head transplant with Haley. Do you remember that? So I never mm, got used to mm. the new Haley with the ginger yeah. hair. That was too weird. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, too weird. And they had to keep going. Hi, Haley. How are you? When she walked on to screen, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. Haley, what have you been? No, just so we knew who it was. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> it still took me forever. I never got past the Haley one, but I did accept the, mm. the new Flynn. Yeah, it was right. weird. That was strange. Mm. Yeah, we accepted when... him pretty quickly. When Neighbours came back, they recast one of the characters, Byron, and they literally had a name oh. tag on him just so everybody oh, knew who no. he was. <laughs> no, that's so weird. <laughs> Hello, my name is. I think the next call they were going to come back at you with is, and Adam's going to hate this choice, I'm sure, is, uh, we're going to go imagine Harold. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind it. I said this originally. This you is my did. idea. Yeah. And it does, unfortunately, have a, a similar ending to, to Flynn and Sally. Uh, but what's really good about this storyline is that Harold Bishop shows up one day at the door. And you're like, who the hell is this guy? He shows up to say hello to Madge. And you find out, like, they fill in the backstory of this really, really, really well. 
to the point where I wish they'd just done a young Harold and Lou show because they fleshed this story out. Over a good year, they fleshed this out really, really well. So he shows up at Madge's door one day with some flowers and she's like, Harold, what are you doing here? Turns out Charlene has asked him to come to Ramsey Street because Madge laments the fact that she's not with Harold anymore. High school sweetheart. She chose the wrong person. And she's regretted that decision ever since. And this plays out over a good year or so. And you find out that Madge went to high school, the high school dance with Harold over Lou Carpenter. A uh, character you hadn't even met at the time, but they just dropped this guy in. Uh, but she left them both heartbroken on the, on the night of the school dance by going off with Fred Mitchell. Uh, she goes off with him. He's a bit of a bad boy. They have two children. Uh, but it was a very volatile relationship and she ends up moving back to Erinsborough. Uh And like I said, she spent all that time lamenting the fact that Harold was the one for her and she never, you know, she made the wrong choice and she wished she could kind of turn back time. Uh, so she tries to turn back time with Harold and they try and go again. Harold at this point has gone off and married someone else. His wife has unfortunately died and they've had two children together. And... They make a go of it, but then Luke Carpenter shows up. And Luke Carpenter is flashy. I think they say he's a millionaire. I was trying to look for video footage of this, but I think they reference him to being a millionaire car salesman. What? He is flashy as fuck, and he can give Madge the, the best life she could ever imagine. And there's this, this battle between Harold and Luke constantly over Madge's affections. And... Madge always chooses substance over style. She always chooses the right guy. She always chooses Harold. And they get married and start having a great life together. However, tragedy does strike when they go to a nice little sea trip one day and Harold gets a little bit too close to the sea on a rocky part on a stormy day and he's washed away. Madge, Madge accepts death. She sees his broken glass and go, well, yeah, he must be dead. Don't bother looking. Uh, I'll, just, I'll try and get on with my life. And she tries to get on with her life with Luke Carpenter. Straight, he's, he, just, he does not fuck around, Luke Carpenter. The second he thinks, what, side question, I know we're trying to get on with this, but side question. What do we think is an acceptable amount of time before you, like, if someone, someone's partner's died, Oh, Longer than whatever Lou decided on, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it a week? How many, how many episodes I think was it? I gave it about two, three months. Oh. It's still yeah, quite raw. That's acceptable yeah. in soap. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, and she does accept the marriage proposal, but she can't go through with it. Yet. She loves Harold. She once again, despite him being at, away at the sea, lost at sea, she still chooses Harold over Lou. And then Lou yeah, goes but, away heartbroken. Nobody, no crime. Yeah, we've said this before. And then a good four or so years later, Helen Robinson, uh, Madge, oh, Madge has decided to go back to Brisbane at this point, but she's still in contact with Helen Robinson. Helen Robinson calls her out the blue one day because she's seen Helen Harold. Robinson? You know Helen Robinson. I know Helen Daniels. Helen Daniels. Oh, yeah, sorry. People listening don't vote because they don't even know it. No, it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's, bad, it's bad when you're reading it off a screen as well. Like. <laughs> yeah, Helen Daniels has seen oh, my... Yeah, Helen Daniels. Uh, yeah, I know you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'll just edit it in. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, Helen, 
Helen Daniels has seen Harold in a Salvation Army shop. He's working there. Man, she's, I've got to fucking see this with my own eyes. Shows up. And yet, turns out, it is, it is Harold, but he can't remember his past life. Uh, he knows he washed up in Tasmania with no memory and just started getting about his life, uh, which was doing everything that Harold did before without really knowing it. And this prompts Lou back onto the scene as well. He's heard through the grapevine that Harold's back on and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm not letting this, not letting this one go. I'm still, I'm still going to fight for Madge. Uh, shows up and starts causing shit between them as they're trying to figure out is Harold's trying to get his memory back and Madge is trying to help coach him. But Lou is the one who helps trigger Harold's memory back because they're all sat having dinner one night and he calls him Jelly Belly. <laughs> and literally the scene just goes, he calls him Jelly Belly and it starts just echoing, oh, Jelly Belly, Jelly Belly, Jelly. And you can see Harold just, everything flashes before his eyes. And he's like, yeah, I remember you calling me Jelly Belly when we were a kid. Fuck you. Madge is my wife. Get out. Give and me my woman. Give me my woman. And everything comes back to him. And they pick up their life where they, they left off. Uh, they begin to start fostering children as well. They lament the fact that they were too old to have children between Very themselves. Summer day. Mm. Uh, so they start fostering wayward children and just living a nice, happy existence on the street until, of course, you guessed it, tragedy strikes. Uh, Madge is diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. She's not given long to go. They're planning a nice romantic trip to Paris. So she's always wanted to go to Paris and they never got round to it. Uh, however, she develops septicemia one day when she cuts herself in the kitchen, passes away in front of Harold and their foster children. Very harrowing scene. I'm sure very similar to uh, Flynn and Sally. Mm. Like, they were only probably happily together on screen for four or five years altogether, which in the grand scheme of things is not long at all. But every time Harold shows back up in Neighbours, Madge is the first name out of his mouth every time. There was a great scene about 10, 10 or so years later as well. Harold having a fucking tizzy about something, crashes his car and has a vision of Madge. She's like vision. she's his guiding soul throughout this. He's, he's been, Harold married someone else eventually as well, but that didn't work out. But like Madge has always, always been the one for each other. She's his lobster. And again, yeah. in the finale, when it when it wasn't the finale, um, Harold obviously has come back, done a little bit, and there was ghost Madge in the finale as well, wasn't there? So, yeah, that ghost. Was... ghost ring the ghost klaxon. That's the first one of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Final one each. Go on, the last sir. one. Right. So dramatic one. This one. I'm not. I'm going to do this from mainly from the female's perspective because I've spoken a lot on previous episodes about Daryl Brax Braxton, have I not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, we'll not go too much. You know him, bad boy, head of the River Boys, River everyone boy. does what he says, bad guy, very bad guy. We talk a lot on our podcast about the, the there's two worlds in the Bay. There is, we talk about light and shade, there is the summer Bay, the sunshine, the beach, the young kids in need, but there's also an underbelly. And nev- that was never too prevalent when the river boys were running amok around the bay for like 10 years. So this was during that period. And we have the epitome of, of light meets shade and they should never cross. A little bit like your Romeo and Juliet, Ramsey um, example earlier, we've got a police per- a policewoman, Charlie Buckton, getting feelings for the 
Daryl Brax Braxton. You you just cannot cross these two worlds, these worlds. So after a brief bout of lesbianism, she decided <laughs> and it was brief because there was backlash. Yeah. Very brief, because the audience didn't enjoy it in very Australia. Brief. I think we did. It was Over here it was literally yeah, it was literally cut out. Yeah, yeah. It was literally cut out of the episode. There were people outside Channel Seven going ballistic at this storyline that she kissed a woman. So that was quickly mm. cut out and, and like forgotten of. So they paired her with Daryl instead. So these river boys are rocking the bay. You know the story. They're causing trouble. They're up to no good. And she is obviously being the the town copper. Is in touch with them quite a lot, arresting them, telling them to move on. And they're cr crossing paths a lot of the time. And she's, at the time, she's dating a character called Angelo, who runs the local bar, Crumb Bistro. And Angelo does not like the River Boys at all. They're always in cars and a ruckus. He's, 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 he's got a bee in his bonnet about them. I don't know if you remember this. I remember thinking, what, like, uh, yeah, they're annoying, but, like, what's his problem? Like, he had a, bandit, a vendetta against the this he hated them and he basically would tip off charlie like oh i they were in talking about some marijuana plantation and then she'd go up there and arrest one of them there catch him in the act and things like that so there was this going on for a while and then there was like this undercurrent of jealousy because angelo could see these hot men muscles cats in town or you know and his woman was cuffing him all the time and you know there was it was a it was a bit neanderthal as well and eventually she sort of starts developing feelings for him after her sister ruby her relationship with her sister breaks down because she confides and, and admits that her sister is actually her daughter uh, which was a whole big thing so the relationship breaks down and she ends up sort of at a bit of a vulnerable spot. And that's when these feelings crept in and that's when Daryl worked his magic. Now, this had to be forbidden love, right? None of the underbelly of the bay, the river boys could find out that he's knocking about with the filth and she would lose her job, right? And her credibility with the residents of Summer Bay if they found out she was sleeping with the enemy. So this was all hush-hush. For quite a while, actually, I was quite surprised at how they managed to keep this secret because secrets don't last long in Summer Bay at all. Very small community. So um, this this rumbles on, and as we get we get on, the time goes on, and she's arresting more of his brothers, and then there's this moral sort of battle she's got in her mind because she's like, I know he's bad, and he's he's involved in things, and his brother, I'm arresting his brothers and his and his acquaintances. He must be involved in this, but like I'm turning a blind eye to things, and she starts questioning her own morality, and then whether she should be a policewoman. And she's battling this constantly. They end up being on and off because of that, because she'll say things like, you know, you're up to no good and you're no good for me. And, and I can't, we can't be together. I'm the police and you're the river boy. And then, but then when they go apart, they couldn't be apart and they'd work their way back together again. And they just succumb to it whenever they saw each other. And she ends up arresting Heath, his, his brother, and he bails himself out. And while they think he's away safe in prison and they're at home having a bit of rumpy pumpy, he comes home because he's like, no one's picked him up. So, <laughs> and he catches them. So then slowly different characters start to find out. There's a scene where she's 
she ends up suspended from the police. She starts to, you know, lose her grip on this secret. She ends up suspended from the police because she's out running one day and some bad guys that are after, long story short, that are after Brax end up trying to shoot her while she's out for a morning run. And he gets, like, intel about it, so follows her and tries to save her, pushes her out of the way and gets shot himself. Just a bit of a scrape on the arm. No worries. No need no need to involve the hospital or anything. Just a bit of a scratch. Um, and she's like, oh, my God, this life's so dangerous. Like, we can't do this, so it's all off again. And she's lost and she's suspended from a job and all the rest of it. There's a character, there's a family, rival family called the Pirovichs. I spoke to, spoke briefly about them when I spoke to you about the death episode when Jake Pirovich shot Casey Braxton, his youngest yeah. brother. So he had a brother called Hammer who um, also likes a gun and did some shooting up. So it, you think he'd like the hammer? You think, you think. <laughs> um, but he ends up basically costing Charlie her job and the secret. And in a nutshell, they all find out about it. No one's happy. She cannot. They, they agree she can't go on. And Casey ends up arrested for this feud with the Pervitches, the younger one, before he's been shot dead by Jake. And the lawyer at his court uncovers from the underworld she she was a very good lawyer but she had contact she uncovers this affair in the under in the underworld of of mangrove river and brings it up in court and it throws the whole case out of court and gets him off this shooting right and lo and behold the rag that it is the coastal news plasters it all over the front page copper with gang leader and the jig is up so they concoct a plan to leave the bay, like the only way they're going to end up being together is to leave the bay. I mean, a couple of exes show up and that derails them a bit. But in the end, they say, if this is ever going to work, we need to get out of here. This can't, we can't be together here. It's just not going to work. And just as she's literally going to her last shift at Yabby Creek PD, she's got a uniform on, she's straightening the badge and there's a knock at the door. She opens the door and there's Jake Pervich because Hammer's now dead. And he goes, this one's for my brother. Bang. Puts her in a coma, point blank, on a doorstep. And her sister-cum-daughter has to turn her machine off, which it was, this was, this was like the modern heartbreak. Like, she's got, she's got to decide to turn the machine off. There's no hope. She's brain dead. And um, so she, Brax refuses. He's like, you can't do it. Like, it's the only woman I've ever loved, you know, and we've we finally got our act together. We're out now, thanks to the coastal news. Um, but, like, I can't believe, I can't believe this. And I will avenge this death. Mark my words. So the machine goes off, Brax dies. And then Brax goes into this sort of big feud and big uh, off the rails. And basically, years later, he's in... He's he's in hospital himself for another shooting. He gets shot again by somebody else, Andy Sharp, but it's yeah, unrelated. And he's in he's it, it it's up for him. Like finally, his lifestyle's caught up with him. All this shooting up, and he's in a co- he's in a coma himself. And she comes to him in this coma, and we have this big sort of wispy cliff top, soft focus. She's in a long dress in the wind, long hair, sort of vision. And he's like, I want to be with you. Like, 
I'm let me come to you and she's like stay there Brax <laughs> you know and all this stuff um and ultimately she talks him sense and then he pulls himself out of the coma and then goes and shacks up somebody else it'd be nice if they could have lived in like a little coma world together yeah i liked coma episode actually it was a good episode it was a good one yeah that's like the modern you know like we talk about all these old couples like that's the one for the for the kids that one like they all loved it like they were all heartbroken i say the kids it was like 10 years ago now but yeah <laughs> so another oh, one, that, another one then that didn't end well. That kind of. So we were saying this, and when we were talking about, it, we were like, "Do you do you get to be happy on a soap? Does anybody ever get to be happy? Or if you are on the soap for long enough, do you eventually? Does it not end well? Like mm. that's that's the problem. Like well, they, the, they, they don't let yeah. things go, do they? So. You've got to write some some that people are going to want to watch, right? And what's what's engaging about these couples is the tragedy. It's the tragedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the story here. You know, the yeah. what could have been. So with the idea, a couple that have been on it for a long time, who have been through a lot, but they are still there. They are still a couple. They are still happy. And every so often, they still get the blue box out. So, <laughs> do you want to tell them about Cal and Susan? Yeah. I love how both of you just understood what a blue box was straight away. Went, yep, we've got, yep, I know what that's about. I can imagine. Does it have yeah. to be blue? Does it have to be ox? But we've all got something very similar. I can imagine. Yeah. If I was to do a very short version of this, you could say that high school sweethearts, Carl and Susan, show up in 1994 with three children, and they're still. On the show, happily married, twenty plus. Okay, years. so the end. <laughs> that is it. You all know who they are. Um, yeah. When did this go out, and what? Where can they vote? What's going on? We could just say that, but we could mention some of the other stuff that's happened in between. Carla Shanky's secretary starts drinking too much, and then starts shagging Izzy Highland. Susan starts to then shagging a priest. Then she gets married to somebody else, but unfortunately, Carl's been treating him with terminal cancer. But you can't tell Ooh. Susan this because the doctor-patient confidentiality laws, you know all this. Ooh. Susan and Alex do get married, but unfortunately, does die on that. Carl nearly gets married to a politician. Uh, however, <laughs> Carl and Susan's pet sheep does die, and Carl and Susan hold a funeral for, for the dead sheep and rekindle their romance. <laughs> Uh, Izzy Hoyland shows back up upsetting the apple cart again has uh, effectively date rapes Carl and has a a kid by him so when Carl and Susan decide to get remarried in London she's she's there she was dating a footballer but got dumped shows up and gives birth immediately after them two renewing their vows Susan has an emotional affair with uh, her friend Jim who is dying of you guessed it cancer Uh, and develops feelings from in his dying days, causing them to split up again. Uh, Carl starts shagging the secretary, Sarah Beaumont, again. Uh, and Susan wants a divorce, but when she comes to the crunch of it, she can't go through with it. They may go and stray, and they may go doing this, but they keep on finding each other. They know they are meant for each other. Throughout all the craziness, they keep on coming back to each other. And to the outside world, you wouldn't guess. Like, if, like you said, they're, they're, they're happily married right now. As neighbours is going, you know, someone who's just showed up to the street a couple of months ago, a new character would not know any of that stuff that happened. They would never guess it in a million years. 
I think that's why they're so iconic because they can go through these terrible, terrible things and they that are pretty unforgivable, but they just work together and they know that despite all their transgressions, everyone still celebrates them as a fantastic couple. So. As Neighbours fans then, are you happy for them to be on the show for however long, just being happy couple and never breaking up again, never have any more drama? Are you happy to just play that to play out the fairy tale ending that we never normally get on a soap? Would that would, would that be ha- like a happy situation or would you rather see him go and shagging off his secretary again or like her running no. off with somebody or no i don't want to see that i, I no? like when the show ended they were the what like she did the big speech and that was like the nice little moment i love you i love you and thank you everyone for watching it was all that mm. that was the good ending you had all the fantastic cameos and the mad ghost which was all fun and games <laughs> and everything and then you had guy pierce getting about and a little bit of a, a love story there. But you had those two as like the cornerstones yeah. of it and they kind of finished the show off. It was like, thank we've enjoyed being on it. You've enjoyed yeah. watching it. Thank you, good night sort of thing. And that's the ending. Like the problem is when you bring something back, you can't do that again. They're not in the main storylines at the moment. They're the other characters who yeah. the main storyline characters go to for a bit of advice or yeah. a little, like something like that. And I think that's, that's what you do with them. You keep like yeah. you keep them on the periphery a little yeah. bit, and you let them do that. Because I don't want to see them do. I don't want to see them do any big storylines anymore. Yeah. Like, but no, that, that, no and an ensemble cast like a soap opera, those characters are just as important because the 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 ones that are involved in all the in all the high stakes stuff need a soundboard and that and the familiarity that the fact that they've been there so long. I think yeah. that's what helps they are. the audience. They're... Yeah, they're that for the characters on the show and they're mm. that for all of us watching it. Oh, they're yeah. still there. This is safe. They're a safe pair of hands to do whatever. You know, if mm. something did happen, they'd step up and be di- and do it because they're the great actors and they could do it no problem. And they've got that, like they've earned the trust of the audience and everything now. So mm. you wouldn't want anything bad to happen to them. But then the only problem is if they stay on the show, like... yeah. They've got to die at some point, I think. Because, like, well, I don't they know, could like, wait, it, they? they could do the whole we're going to well, go and do a cruise or we're going to go retire or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, like what they've done with Alf on, on Home and Away, he's so old now, he's had to go part time. And so his wife lives in Marimbula, which is like, we're to believe, a day's drive away. And he just goes there. And then he for two weeks, and then he comes back, does a couple of eps, and then he goes right. I'm off to my wife again, and that's what he does. And I and I, I keep saying to Sophie, he'll probably drive to Marimbula one day, and then we'll just hear him on the phone. Like mm. I don't think they will dare kill him because yeah. they'll kill the show. Like it, it could be a similar situation with those two. They're so yeah, synonymous maybe. with the brand neighbors. I think so. I think they are. Uh, they were. They were our biggest. I don't know if they are, because Scott and Charlene are probably the biggest names for people who don't watch it, but I think people who do watch it, you'd go Carl and Susan as top. Well, I guess whenever you've watched it, whatever age you were when you when you started watching it or when, when you stopped watching it, you're going to know Carl and Susan, whereas Scott and Charlene were like, you know, back in the day. So if you're if you're born in like the 90s, you're not going to remember them, are you? You're going to see them on no. compilation shows. Yeah. But you're going to know Carl and Susan. There's going to be some part of your your memories of watching the show that you're going to know, oh, they were in it and they did that when I watched it or when I started watching it, this was the storyline that they had. So I think they're more iconic in that way, aren't they? 
I think, to be honest with you, all of us are very lucky that we don't have to decide which is the best couple. <laughs> People that get to decide are you, the listener. Once you've listened to this podcast, go visit our socials, Coastal News, The Neighbourhood Rewatch. The links will be on there. Go vote for your favourites. Don't, don't think, oh, no, no one will miss my vote. They will. Get voting. Oh, we know it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for listening to us. Let us know who you think the best couples are. Let us know if you think we've missed anyone glaring as well. Let us know on the socials. And then we will do, we'll see what the result is and we will do this again. Yeah.